The cost of fertilizer, in addition to the cost of fuel to produce all of the agricultural products, is going to go absolutely through the roof. That obviously equates to food prices that are going to be completely out of control. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my partner on the show and partner in life, Glenn Tate. We have a great show. We have two popular guests. They will be talking about the absolute unquestionable need to get food now and to get your ham radio capabilities up and whatever other topics pop up like i don't know maybe uh, the book that one of them has written so you're gonna have a great show today so first i just have to stop you for a moment when was the last time you got up in the morning and just got a big warm hug well, for you, it's pretty rare. It's it's not. No, okay. Because every morning I drink a nice, awesome cup of Minuteman coffee. That's the hug to which you refer. Exactly. And I recommend that everyone do the same. Get a big, warm hug of really awesome, one, coffee, and two, support a great company that has brought the Constitution back to the coffee table. Check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com over on the Friends and Affiliates page. I wanted to remind folks about the Picnic Palooza in Missoula and one of the great tie-ins between that event, which is July 30th in the city of Missoula, in the Fort Missoula City Park, is that our guests are going to be speakers at the picnic. You're saying, who has guest speakers at their picnic? Glenn and Shelby do. Absolutely. That's what kind of picnic we roll with. We have fun. We have folks come in and give great talks. So anyone who listens to the show is invited to come to the Picnic Palooza in Missoula. Want to also let folks know we're just cruising along over at Prepping for Kids. I'm reading two kind of tracks for kids, one for the younger kids that are like the little guys, the kindergartners through about maybe third, fourth grade, and then the older, you know, preteens, teens. Um, been really fun. If you're a Patreon supporter, you can click over there, and that's one of the very rare opportunities that you'll ever have to see Shelby's face. That's right. Well, let's get into it. I'd like to introduce our guests, plural. We have John Jacob Schmidt. His name is your name, too, not on his birth certificate. And Lady Liberty, also not on her birth certificate. They are the hosts of Radio Free Redoubt, which is a daily radio show and podcast. And then they have a big show on Sunday nights, which is also available as a podcast. You can subscribe on Apple or all the other normal subscription methods. I'm a regular listener of Radio Free Redoubt. And I was very much shapen by Radio Free Redoubt in its very early days when it was just JJS then, and he had about four listeners, and now he has thousands of listeners, he and Lady Liberty. I love having folks on the show who I was a fan of early on, and it's just kind of cool. So, And uh, JJS has a new book out. The preppers will want to get. We'll be talking about that later in the show. So welcome back to Prepping 2.0, JJS and Lady Liberty. Hey, great to be with you again. Thank you both for having us, and uh, always a treat to talk to you. Thanks for, yeah, it's been a while. I think I think it's been a year, year and a half since we were on your show last. Yeah. Exactly, it's, yeah. It, we're due. So, so let's get it right into it. What do you guys make of the food availability situation that we're experiencing? Should people start gathering up all the food they can get now? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we we deal a lot with the the actual ag people. Uh, I, I have livestock and horses, and so I have uh, daily connection with them. And everything that we're hearing at like the uh, boots on the ground level from the ag perspective is directly related to everything going on in Russia and Ukraine, and and about how Russians are saying, oh, really? Well, we're not going to export our fertilizer to you guys anymore. Thank you for dragging us into uh, this this conflict with Ukraine through the NATO threat, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, all the people that are involved in ag that have anything to do with uh, raising cattle, pork, uh, chickens, anybody that has to raise or, or grow grain or hay for any of that livestock. They're all extremely right now because the cost of fertilizer 
in addition to the cost of fuel to produce all of the agricultural products is going to go absolutely through the roof. And so that obviously equates to food prices that are just going to be just completely out of control. And also that is in addition to the fact that America has been horribly cutting back our, our own food production through the CRP program for the past 30 years now, where the, the CRP program is the crop rotation program where the government actually pays farmers to stop growing food, especially grains, wheat, barley, all that kind of stuff. And they pay them to plant that actual crop ground back into natural grasses and they have to do it on a minimum of a 10-year contract and so where america has typically been the breadbasket of the whole world and quite capable of producing enough food for not just america but but for the whole world i mean if really if it was if it was uh not for the crp program we would have so much food it would not be funny uh but uh yeah so we've seen we've seen our food production severely cut back just because of the crp programs and it basically has wiped out uh entire farming communities because it pays people to stop growing food so that in addition to the recent developments with with difficulty in in getting fertilizer for those crops with uh, difficulty through through prices of fuel to produce and you know uh, actually get your your product grown into market it's we can't tell people enough what a huge threat that is to the entire food supply there's that factor and then uh, you know, as well, as Christians, we, we look at everything that's happening through a world, you know, biblical worldview as well, where, you know, we're told there's going to be famines and there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and things that, you know, signs to watch for. And we're seeing that unfold. And, and as I've been saying for years, once it starts to go down, it's going to be a whole series of seemingly unrelated things because simultaneously, as, even before the Ukraine war was happening, because what Lady Liberty is saying is, is, is dead on. All these things are stacking up. But prior to that, China has uh, gone through several disasters, natural disasters in their country. They've been importing and storing grain for the last several years. It's estimated now they have 60 to 70 percent of the world's grain reserves stored up. China does. And on top of this, uh, we have now with the Ukraine and Russia developments, all of these countries going into self-preservation mode. They are countries who normally export uh, just tons and tons of of food from eggs in Europe to grains in Ukraine and the surrounding countries. They're all holding on to what they've got. They're not exporting. So, uh, and simultaneously, now we have these mysteriously, we have these bird flu outbreaks happening. And so they're discussing calling herds, calling flocks rather. And because of the grain increased prices and fertilizer prices, now farmers are talking about calling their herds of beef and cattle, uh, well, beef, pork, and, uh, you know, other livestock. So, I mean, you just have this convergence of this, like this perfect storm ingredients all coming together, you know, at one time. And uh, the World Food Program, I just got a report from uh, Simon Roche, a friend of mine in South Africa from Sidelanders, and uh, he picked up an article from the World Food Program. They're saying this coming year, 47 million people are going to be without food who would not normally be. That's just because of the the Russia-Ukraine, reportedly. But then... Over in the next 24 months, they're saying like 323 million people will be, uh, I can't remember what they call that, food challenged or food, uh, uh, whatever. It's just some type of terminology yeah. that they've, they basically, they're not going to have the food that they normally have. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it is a convergence of so many different things. Sometimes they seem, you know, unrelated, but then... You know, you've got the World Economic Forum calling for a great reset. Most of these people are all depopulationists, mm-hmm. um, openly. 
they're it's not a conspiracy theory. They're they're saying we've got to cut back several billion people uh, for us to be able to continue sustaining what the Earth can produce. And uh, and among those is Bill Gates, who's you know buying up grazing land like in Washington State and and elsewhere, and calling for the whole world to switch over to a synthetic uh, meat and, and get rid of uh, organic meat. So. Uh, well, I don't know. All through history, that. food's been used as a weapon, and yeah. I think that's what we're seeing. Wow. Right. In fact, my first book, The Perils of Sustainable Development, covers all of that in tons of detail. And yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's still a simple and easy read, but it's it's all documented there. And everything that Bill Gates is saying is exactly what the UN plan has been saying for the past. 75 years where where everything that they have been focusing on they they categorize under under three categories uh the first one is food control the second one is guns and weapon control the third is population control and every single un program falls under one of those three categories as we're seeing today only now they've you know they've they've completed enough of their uh circumventing of the whole world to drag everything into their system that now they're able to actually put it into action. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's what we're seeing. They, and you know, my book describes that, that they want to control the populations and the people through food. They want to control, uh, well, of course they want to get the numbers down to what is it? Just 500 million. And, and so, wow, that's, that's a significant percentage of our population that they view as unsustainable. And so, um, you know, their, their whole view is to, uh, is to convince people, first of all, that the world's overpopulated and there's not any possible way that we can support them, that, that we would ever have enough food to supply them all because they call us useless consumers. I mean, consumers and, and useless eaters. And, and so, um, of course they want people to believe that we have to cut the population because we're overpopulated. But I've, I've got that in my book also that it's, that's a myth. We are not overpopulated. And in fact, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Kaysen of Humboldt University, she did an extensive, well, she did her doctorate thesis on this, in fact, and she proved that the entire world's population could fit into the state of Texas with every man, woman, and child given 1,200 square feet of living space. Not that that's what they were aiming to do but but if you were to put every single person on the planet that's how much space they'd have and they would all fit in the state of texas and so that really actually shows that we're not overpopulated we never have been there's so much land compared to the population it's not even funny and then just the fact that you know their their whole backbone has always been control and and so when they say they want to control the food supply and they want to cut food production, they you know, these CRP programs, these are globalist programs where they're actually making the farmers, not making, convincing and paying the farmers to stop producing food and making it look like there's food shortages when they're engineered food shortages. There's we've got so much productive land in America that should be in food production. And so the fact that we're seeing this right now is it's all, it's an engineered plan and who, I mean, as far as like, you know, biblically speaking, who does, who does that kind of mentality reek of that? That's satanic right there that, you know, if, if that would be there, there's nothing but a demonic stronghold that speaks like that. Right. And so, um, you know, as far as like, like stocking up on food now is definitely the time. And there are certain foods that are very economical to stock up on. And, uh, and also not, not only just commercial foods that you can stock up on at a very low cost, but there's something else that I wanted to share with people that they may not be aware of, but, in World War II, what actually kept people and families alive that were right in the in the middle of all the warring 
nations, you know, like right, even even the civilians in Germany, the civilians in Austria, the people that were right in the middle of all the battles, um, what kept those people alive when there was no food in stores where they couldn't just go shopping, what kept all of their population alive was a milk cow and some chickens. And that was, they said, when they looked back, that was what actually caused the civilians to survive were those two things right there, a milk cow and a couple chickens. So you've either, you've either got your milk, your butter, uh, well, ice cream, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't be starving and not have ice cream, right? No. <laughs> Absolutely. That's no. a necessity. But, um, you know, <laughs> but, um, those, those two animals right there, uh, you know, if you've got at least enough for eggs, you've got, you've got milk, etc. that you can, if you've got those two things and you've stocked up on at least a few canned items that'll, you know, that'll also kind of tide you over and add to that, a person can seriously actually stay fat with just a milk cow and some chickens. In fact, they have to diet. You have to make sure you don't eat too much cream. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> Good time to have. So, wow. so if, if, you were to, if you were to call basic necessity and you have the ability, if you live in town, you're not going to be able to, you know, possibly get yourself a milk cow. But, you know, um, if you actually have any kind of even an acre or a half acre or whatever, and you can get a cow, I, that's, it's what saved uh, millions of people is the fact that they had that. And um, and so then like some other items that people may not be aware of that are super economical, but also are very, very sustainable and keep for a long time is protein powder. Like um, like the, uh, the whey protein powder, you can go to Walmart. I don't like to promote Walmart so much, but, but it's, it, it's the best, source for these big canisters of protein powder and it's got all your protein all your carbohydrates an excellent mix of all your vitamins uh amino acids etc and it lasts forever and and i know for a fact that you can you can live on that stuff and all you need is to add water and so i mean it's it's almost like the perfect kind of diet where you don't I mean, if you had to, you could easily survive on that stuff alone. And it's also very easy to pack and store. So if you're in town, if you're in a city, you can't have a cow, you can't have chickens. Um, you, I would say definitely get a store of those big canisters of your, your whey protein powder. Um, like I said, because all you need after that is water. And that's, you know, that's, that's if you're like cut down to bare minimum budget um you're not gonna have to grind any wheat you're not gonna have to you know you're not gonna have to bake any bees you're not gonna have to soak any anything for long periods of time that's a quick easy protein carb vitamin source and it does last and you can live on it so i don't want people to overlook that well i was gonna say also if if people are in, in cities be prepared to be mobile um and and stuff like uh, what Lady Liberty is just talking about that makes it very portable, unlike a cow or you know chickens. But uh, one of the things we, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from any previous conflict. But we're watching in the headlines right before our eyes every day, fresh stories about people who had to pack up and and they're on the run, they're on the move, they're on the road, uh, they're they're bouncing from one little town that'll take them to the next, and uh, you know so as much as you can be. Uh, you know, self-sufficient. If you're a city dweller, particularly, then uh, as much as you can make that uh, into you know portability, you know, factor in portability, the the better off you're going to be for sure. One thing you that can't uh, hold that many MREs. Yeah, that's right. One thing that uh, Shelby and I were talking about before the show, and this is actually the sort of topic of conversation that we have in our marriage, and that was when it comes to food preps. It seems like in the past you could prepare for relatively low amounts of money and food was available. We've now entered the era in which 
food preparations cost more money. Now, it's still going to save you money. It's still an extremely worthwhile use of your money. But there's there aren't a lot of deals anymore. But food is available. I fear, and I'm curious what you two think about this, that we're going to head into the third phase where food is not only expensive, it is physically unavailable in many situations. What do you, and, and this would be another reason to get food now because, yes, it's going to cost a little Absolutely. bit more money. It's kind of like ammunition. Absolutely. It costs more yep. money, but if you want it, you have to pay a little bit more money, and you're always going to be looking back in hindsight and saying, geez, it was it was cheaper a year ago. Well, that's that doesn't feed you, right? right? Well, yeah. The, right. When I first got chickens several years ago, Someone said, "Oh man, you you built you spent like seven hundred dollars between chickens and feed and feeders and the new chicken coop and and all that. You realize how many eggs you could buy for that?" I'm like, "It's not it's not about saving money. It's about having eggs when there are none available." Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know that's why I'm doing this now. You asked at the beginning, you know, what, what should people start stocking up now? I'm like, "No, you should have been listening to us five seven years ago and been stocking up this whole time." But. Um, because now, you know, now you're in panic mode. Now there's less to choose from and there's going to be increasingly less to choose from. This, this is not temporary. And, uh, uh, you know, so, so things are things before things get better, things, things are going to get worse. Um, and, uh, I mean, I don't know how to you know say that any more clearly without sounding like an alarmist, but, now's the time for us to be sounding the alarm because the thing that we were saying is coming one day is, is now at the threshold. Now yep. we're here. So, yep. uh, I was listening to a guy, you're saying, you're saying just get food. You're going to pay more for it. Somebody sent some, uh, urgent, you got to watch this now type of thing. And some guys had a podcast. A lot of it is saying what we've all been saying anyway, but he brought up a good point. He says, we've all been conditioned to be collectors of stuff, collectors of dolls, collectors of Hallmark ornaments, collectors of whatever you collect, right? He says, get rid of all that crap. We're in a new era now. Sell everything that you can. Sell everything you don't need or don't use on a regular basis. Things that don't have any utility value at all. Sell everything that you don't need or use. And, uh, and you're holding on to just because you want um, sell it and buy food, buy food and buy more food because there's coming a time when it's not even going to be available. This is, this is that season where, uh, everything should be focusing on that. If you haven't been already. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, and that, and I, I got to cut well you off as, there. Um, we're we're going to take a quick break though. And I want to keep talking about that. And, and so hang on to your thought there. Um, Lady Liberty, but before we go, I want to give a shout out to our awesome sponsors that keep the lights on here at Prepping 2.0. And you can find all of our sponsors and the coupon codes at our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates and you will find U.S. Law Shield. Great folks there. Jared Savick and Lizzie McDaniel. Both can also be found at redstate-realtor.com. Backwoods Home Magazine. Boy, if you want to get your skills up and how to produce your own food, that's a great place. My Kind CBD. Numana Foods, another great place to get stocked up on food like what we're talking about today. And Tac Niner deals in really awesome tactical gloves. Folks, we have so many more things to talk about and we want to get Lady Liberty's thoughts on how to get stocked up now. Don't go away. More Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. You are only as safe as your gear. Rely on TAC Niner, premium tactical survival gear. Visit TAC Niner on Amazon. It's spelled T-A-C, the digit nine E-R. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line. Visit TAC Niner on Amazon. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TAC9RP20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. TAC Niner, premium, high-performance survival gear that is built to last. 
Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We're hearing from one of our most popular sets of guests, John Jacob Schmidt and Lady Liberty of Radio Free Redoubt. Um, but first, Glenn wants to spotlight one of our sponsors. Well, if you've been looking at the news or the northern skies recently, you might have noticed some aurora borealises. I'm not sure if that's the correct pluralization because it's Latin. So Aurora borealis. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because there was a coronal mass ejection. And that is something we always think about EMPs when it comes to threats to our grid and mother nature can do the very same thing we got lucky and it was a relatively weak one but there was some magnetic storm activity and uh, the way to get around that the way to protect yourself from that is EMP shield which is a device that you wire into whatever it is you want to be protected from an electromagnetic pulse whether it's a North Korean nuclear detonation high up in the atmosphere or whether it's a coronal mass ejection. So please check them out at prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates page. Look for the EMP Shield logo. Click on it and go ahead and get yourself a big discount, $50 a device if you use our coupon code, prepping2.0. I also wanted to mention Firearms Radio Network. We're now affiliates of them on the Firearms Radio Network, and we do a podcast spotlight every week 
where we spotlight one of their 28 podcasts. You guys are going to love this one. Uh, we do them in alphabetical order because we know that the there would be a lot of fighting among the podcast hosts about like who we said first, you know, because I'm, I'm lying again. We're so awesome. Yeah, not that no, way. No, not Keep at going. all. But we're on the letter F and the show for this week to spotlight is FUD Busters. What's a FUD, you may ask? Remember the cartoons? Remember Elmer FUD? He had his little pop gun with the cork on it, and he had his red hunting cap, and he would go hunt ducks. Well, a FUD in the Second Amendment community is our very uh, negative term for those folks who think the Second Amendment is about duck hunting. And there are some hunters, primarily, who say, well, as long as I get to keep my duck hunting, you know, pump 12 gauge, um, I don't really care if there are gun control restrictions because I get to keep hunting. And sometimes the FUDs um, will support gun control as long as their tool isn't taken. So FUD Busters is bigger than just the FUD thing. It's really about dispelling myths about the Second Amendment. It's some really good water cooler information. You know, when you're around the water cooler, wherever it is you work, and you want to sound really interesting and informed, you can get some of that information from Fudbusters, which is on the Firearms Radio Network. So I had to, of course, unceremoniously interrupt Lady Liberty before the break, but I wanted to give her a chance to continue to talk about why we need to be getting our food preps in order. So what were you going to say, Lady Liberty? Oh, no problem about that, by the way. I think I was just going to finish up there with reminding people about having a way to purify your water or even to make sure that you have water storage for an interim in case the power is cut to, you know, municipalities or whatever. If, you know, an EMP causes all the power to go down, you may not be able to just turn the faucet on, you know, so always have have at least enough for three days of water supply stored so that at least you can give yourself three days to locate another water source in which at that point expect to have to purify it as well. So if you can find it to collect it, chances are it's going to be a ground water source which, I mean, like a surface water source, which is always going to be contaminated no matter where, when, or how. Even if it's the, the most lovely looking river, you're going to have to purify it. There's giardia, there's foul bird bacteria in, in every surface water source that you're ever going to find. So any water purification system that you have, even like a water distiller, a water distiller can actually be the most, purifying system out there and it's also something that you can even get those plans on how to make your own right off of youtube you know it's kind of like the same thing that you'd use to distill alcohol but you can use it for water and uh, the best purification system there is at that point so water is something that a lot of people overlook or forget about because it's just taken for granted but you're going to die faster of of not having water than you are food. A person can die within three to four days of not having any water, but you can last a month or more without food. So always be certain to cover the most critical basics first, and that's gonna be your water. We see that in every disaster. It always, water, water, water. I mean, just last week, we just got another personal account of somebody that was in Ukraine, and they said they're making tea with seawater because they're able to walk down to the sea and get salt water and that's what they're making tea with that's their water source so uh, you're going to die pretty quickly if that's your only water source well and and also you having a water distiller you could use seawater and actually ocean water anything and a distiller will give you perfectly fine drinking water right out of the ocean so that's another reason you want to have that kind of water purifier as well Thank you so much for bringing up the importance of water. It always gets overlooked. It's not as cool as food and guns, but it is far more important, right? right? And one of the things I always note about water is not only its criticalness, it is also that it is one of the most easy to prepare for topics. It doesn't cost a lot of money to at a minimum have water purification tablets obviously long term you're going to want a distiller or a berkey or a sawyer water filter or something like that but it is 
one of the absolutely cheapest things you can do. And it also happens to be one of the most important things. And when you add together the ease and inexpense of taking care of this prep, along with its criticality, you've got a combination there that means you ought to do water. And we've been talking a lot about food. Take care of water first and food second. But speaking of things that often get overlooked, there's another topic out there that is something that JJS and Lady Liberty are well known for, and that is communications. And so um, I'll I'll toss this to to JJS. Should people have their ham radio capabilities up and running? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The the obvious, you know, expected answer is going to be yes. Uh, but it's not just ham radio, but that is, that is a key critical tool. And, uh, well, that's a whole nother debate. Oh, by the way, since you, you mentioned some of the recent, uh, you know, solar flares and, and whatnot, actually we're pretty pleased to see the solar activity start to increase again because HF communications for long distance, regional and long distance high frequency communications depend on an active solar cycle. And we've been at the 11 year low on that, that 11 year cycle. We've been at a low. So we're pretty excited to, to see that come back to life, but you're, you, you're right. You do want to take precautions because uh, you know some of those can get pretty powerful and they can damage electronics, but, uh, uh, but things are really, I mean, our nets are really doing well with the Amron nets. So ham radio, absolutely. Get your license. Uh, overcome the arguments or the people that say you don't need to be licensed or, you, you know, you don't have to be licensed because one day in an emergency it won't matter. But, you know, any experienced radio operator is going to tell you that you're not going to communicate uh, when it goes down if you're not practicing and training. And I'm talking about serious communications, operational or strategic level communications. You don't have to have a license or any whiz bang, uh, you know, capabilities to buy a bubble pack FRS set of radios from, you know, any of your box stores and uh, be up and running in just a couple of minutes. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, really serious communications. Uh, we've seen over, uh, you know, most recently in Ukraine, uh, how important that is. And in every one of these recent uh, disasters or, or wars from Venezuela to Chile to uh, Ukraine, what we hear the same thing over and over. Food shortages are always at the top of the list. And then always that comes with that is that people are just as hungry for information. They're starving for information as much as they are for food. And uh, what was the most recent, uh, the, the invasion, darn, I'm drawing a blank. It was right before Russia went into Ukraine, there was an uprising in a neighboring country that Russia sent troops into. Uh, I even did a write-up on Amron.com about it. Probably Georgia. But explaining that very, uh, no, it wasn't Georgia. It was. Uh, it wasn't I, Crimea. I'm going to have to look again. But anyway, the, the point is, there's another headline is people are as hungry for information as they are for food. So uh, local communications are super important, but you don't have to be a ham license operator, but you will definitely benefit from it. And we're strong proponents of it because of the capabilities that it gives you uh, far outweighs the capabilities of just, uh, you know, your non-licensed ham, uh, your non-licensed radios that you know doesn't require a license to operate. But they, you know, you're gonna, they're gonna be extremely limited in their reach and capability. So, I I recommend uh, three things. First of all, have tactical communications within your family or your group. See if you got a little prepper net net group, you know, within your community, your neighbors, your family. If you're gonna go check, the, you know, that bump in the night on the back forty, have a radio. You can call for help. You can you call your neighbor. You can coordinate with each other if you're convoying to your bug out location. That's tactical communications. It's real time voice usually, and uh, it's, it's coordinating on the ground. And you don't have to really be licensed to have that capability, but uh, have the ability for your group or community 
your family or your group to be able to communicate with each other. Secondly, is for your situational awareness, if you're not going to get licensed and be able to, you know, transmit, at least have situational awareness, at least be able to receive communications. So there are, there are two things that I recommend after getting your group tactical communications taken care of is your local uh, VHF, UHF stuff. And that's going to be from a scanner, a scanner radio, like a police scanner. And you'll be able to listen to the local, uh, I mean, you could program all of your local communications in it. You can go to radioreference.com and search, do a search by zip code or city, find your local area and find all of the listed FCC frequencies for that area. It's going to have your highway department, your police, your fire, your EMS, your local airport, your, your the school bus barn. I mean, it's get all of those computers. Um, geez, get all of those frequencies and uh, get those programmed into your scanner so you have local situational awareness. And also, your scanner will pick up local ham radio repeaters, our local ham radio uh, frequencies. In almost any emergency, your licensed ham operators kind of have a corner on the market for information. There are more of them than any police or, or firefighter, uh, although you'll be able to listen to them as well. But your ham operators, you'll find several hundred in your county uh, that will be taken to the airwaves in a real emergency. And so they're going to be able, you're going to be able to know if a bridge is out here or if there's a uh, a criminal gang is, you know, ambushing people on this street or this neighborhood. And, and uh, if there's a fire there or, or if the national guard is bringing in bottled water and pallets to the local, you know, your high school football field, uh, you know, to deliver food or whatever. Uh, so you want to be able to know what's going on in your backyard. And a scanner is the best way to do that for you to be able to stay informed of what's going on around you. And then the third item would be a shortwave radio with single sideband capabilities so you can listen to what's going on in your region and beyond. Um, you might not care really about what's happening in Georgia if a bridge is out, if you live in Montana. But you might care if there's foreign troops landing at a certain port, you know, on one of our coasts, and uh, they're, you know, heading inland in convoys that is something that you do want to be aware of. And so, uh, you know, your situational awareness on the, you know, long distance and regional and then local and then your immediate tactical communications within your group. Those, you know, those should be your priorities, starting with your home first and then working outward. So my question, I, I love it. <clears throat> Thank you so much, JJS. And as I'm listening to you, I'm reminded of what I've seen in our headlines and some of the secondary and third level news sources out there, how important it is to know what's going on if for some reason there is some sort of a military disaster, much like what has happened in Ukraine. How I've been impressed, this, and I want to see what your inside baseball knowledge is. First of all, the ham radio network in Ukraine amongst citizens has been stout. And they have, let's just, we're going to just say it, the Ukrainians have out-communicated and have run circles around the lack of Russian communications and how, how that has been kind of what's kept Ukraine together and um, being able to fight off this oppression. What are your thoughts on that? Well, okay, this is where we are in fourth generational warfare here. Yes, exactly. Um, and And... We have other elements that have not ever been involved in wartime before. First of all, you've got social media where people are recording information and intelligence live from their cell phones. You've got thousands of sensors. And for amazingly, for weeks, the cell phone system and the commercial power was largely up and running in Ukraine. They were not mm -hmm. targeted. One of the things that we discovered is that the Russians' communications were so abysmal, soldiers were using their own cell phones to make calls to coordinate with other units. So it's, it's suspected that's one of the reasons why the Russians didn't take out that communication system earlier on. Yep. 
secondly, the the communications that they were using were unencrypted analog radio communications. This was really surprising to, to see. Uh, there were actually there were people with SDR receivers, software defined radio receivers connected to a laptop, or people with scanners that were recording Russian military communications and listening to, you know, arguments like, uh, you know, cussing at each other because we're out of fuel. Well, tell me where you are. I don't have a map. This kind of stuff was Mm. what the Russians were saying over the radio in the open. And so the new dynamic here is that, that citizens were recording this and posting it on the internet and the entire world were, was hearing just within minutes or hours, uh, Russian military communications. This is astounding. Don't think the Chinese, though, when they come to America, they're not taking notes. Uh, don't think they're not taking notes. Don't expect for this this absolute lunacy of military communications to be duplicated. Uh, we'll probably not have that advantage. But um, as far as ham radio goes, yeah, we've been monitoring it as well. And uh, ham radio, by the way, was, was banned or uh, yeah, banned in Ukraine uh, right from the beginning. Mm. Uh, President Zelenko put the word out, no ham radio. Well, we have been actually receiving beacons from Ukrainian ham radio operators, but these are operators that are, according to, to record, they live in the eastern portion of Ukraine, which Russia now dominates, and these guys are continuing to operate. So the fact that they are uh, not being shut down indicates they're probably, uh, you know, collaborate not collaborators, but sympathizers. They're pro-Russian. Mm. Um, they didn't start. They didn't follow the, the rules to, to get to stop using ham radio. Uh, they continue to, and pretty much unimpeded. No, they're not really sending any information or useful traffic. They're mostly just beaconing. That means putting out their call sign, announcing very short messages. Hey, hope everybody's doing good. Hey, you too. And that's kind of the end of it. Hmm. So uh, they haven't been shut down. It's it's a wise thing to not operate if you are in Western Ukraine right now, uh, because uh, you know being targeted. It's a good way to end up with a rocket in your lap. Mm-hmm. So no, there are tactics and techniques and procedures, you know, to, to minimize that and around that. But where ham radio has really shined is once the Russians did start targeting commercial and other broadcasting, you know, towers and uh, cellular, the cellular system and the commercial power grid is uh, a system called WinLink. And it is a way for ham radio operators to send emails to each other over ham radio. Hmm. So uh, these, these uh, operators were able to like, if you make it into Poland, then other there were Polish ham operators. They were offering to send uh, what we call welfare traffic to loved ones back in the United States or to Germany or other parts of Europe, saying, "Hey, we made it. We're in this town. We're alive," and uh, and that kind of thing. So you can send an email. I could I could get on my radio and I could send you an email or a text to your phone or to your regular email, even if you just have Gmail. And so this was a really uh, really great capability that you know you're not going to have if you don't have an an amateur radio license and you're not skilled and trained and you have the equipment um, and the experience to use it. But we've used that very same feature in real world emergencies like wildfires. <coughs> excuse me to send welfare traffic uh, from towns that were completely isolated. From, no power, no internet, no nothing. And uh, we were able to send texts or emails to loved ones, you know, of uh, some of the workers in the city, in the towns that were evacuated during wildfires. So that is a really cool tool that is being used. And if you're not a licensed ham operator, you're not going to be, you're not going to have those capabilities. You're going to be very limited in what you can do with communications you know, in, in that type of an environment. And that could be critical, mm-hmm. having that kind of, kind of capability. Well, one thing I wanted to mention is everybody knows who's listened to this show, I am 
a ham radio uh, evangelist, if you will, in the secular sense of the word. I think that ham radio is incredibly important. The other thing that I bring to this is I started off not knowing a thing about ham radio and quite honestly, not being very interested in it. I don't like science. That's why I do law, right? There's no science involved. And, And no numbers, no math. But guess what? Ham radio is something that anybody can pick up on and I'm going to I feel compelled to let people know about my electronic flashcards, PAM radio, P-A-M radio stands for prepper amateur radio and they're available. They're electronic flashcards. You download and look at them on your phone. They got links to all kinds of stuff that JJS is talking about and it demystifies ham radio and they're available at PAM, P-A-M dash radio dot com, PAM dash radio dot com. And I want to let folks know that this is doable. That's that's the message. I mean, when when JJS is talking about WinLink and FRS and all of these things, this trust me, if Glenn Tate can do it, mm-hmm. anybody can do it. And so I want to really encourage people at a bare minimum to get set up to at least monitor, as JJS mentions monitor things you don't need an fcc license by the way the fcc license is really easy to get it's not some phd dissertation or something like that right this is again very doable so i really want to encourage folks along with getting all the food they can i want them to explore at least open their minds to ham radio you know one of the things about being a prepper is learning skills and the other thing about being a prepper is having the self-confidence to not be afraid of tackling new things and adapting. And ham radio is a great example of that. Don't limit yourself because your life could literally depend on it. So um, we have to wrap up our regular show here in just a moment. um, But before we go, I want to, um, first of all, say the other cool thing about Pam radio cards you can get up and going on your ham radio without going broke, too. You're yeah. going to get the essential things, and that's really easy to do. So, John Jacob and Lady Liberty, please tell us where people can find out about you and connect with you guys. And the name of your books. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, what we're talking about, of course, communications. It's the uh, American Without Radio Operators Network. It's a nationwide and beyond network of radio operators called Amron, and the website is amron.com, A-M-R-R-O-N.com. And uh, Amron Core is the paid version, and it is where people learn. I mean, the mentors and the people that are so selfless and so helpful, they're just awesome group of patriots to get connected with. That's where people are really learning to, you know, take their skills uh, top notch, but at your own pace. Yeah, and, we only uh, have about ten more seconds. Sorry, there. we only have about ten uh, more seconds. Connected to that is uh, the new book I just released, uh, or it's actually a re-release, but it's for wide release now. Uh, and it just it just hit Amazon, and it's called the Partisan Operator Journals, Volume One. And it takes a it follows a group of veterans slash. We gotta cut you off. So, Sorry, JJS. We'll take we're take, take uh, this up in the after show. We're gonna take we'll this take into the, in the after show. It's a hard break. Yep. yep. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Everyone have a great week. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.